Welcome back to the Growth Mindsets Podcast. My name is Brindon, your host. So excited to have you listening in. And for us, it's a pleasure to always connect with you through these podcasts. We've had quite the journey through the different episodes we've done. And what is most exciting is straight from episode one, we've been delivering on our purpose. Now, the most recent episode eight with um, with Haji Kwezi Abdul received a lot of uh, feedback from you guys. And if this also qualifies to receive feedback, please do. For anyone who is new to the Growth Mindsets ecosystem, our main purpose is to inspire the next generation to be able to take positive steps towards their goals. We have a question from episode one by our partner at Debaka Studios. He says, how far are you on the journey of your goals? Have you just started? Are you midway? Or are you almost at the end? This podcast is intended to help you regardless of which part you are at. And for today, we have a very interesting guest, a friend of mine, one of the few lawyers who are thinking long term. He's looking to be the next generational lawyer. I don't know if they have a Times magazine for lawyers. He will help guide me. Today's guest is Victor Antabugamwe. He's a lawyer with a passion for finance. He has done quite the work that I've interacted with. He has several research papers and write-ups on blockchain and crypto. He is a basketball player. He's going to tell us with which team or why he left the team. And currently is pursuing a bar course at LDC in Kampala. Victor, you're welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Brendan. How are you? I would say I'm okay, but uh, as we go into Christmas period, I am looking at my bank account, my wallet, and I hope God is on our side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's uh, such a pleasure to have you here, sir. Thank you so much. I've just given um, the tip of the iceberg. I don't know if that is how you say it. In, because today I'm going to try and match the energy from law school. My listeners know that I'm not good with that technical English. But who is Victor to our audience? Okay. Um, that's quite a very complex question to actually ask uh, someone to speak about themselves. But um, Victor is a simple man. Uh, not so difficult, not so complex. Um, a curious person. Um, uh, Victor intends, is a person who intends to break structures and barriers. Um, there's so much potential in this, in this universe of ours and we cannot just, we cannot just be kept in a certain box. And, uh, as we move into, as we move into this uh, podcast, probably you'll see why I say such things. Um, I'm a sportsman. Yeah. You did say, uh, something about, uh, basketball. I did play quite uh, some good basketball, um, both in my high school and at the university. I didn't do professional basketball again because of, uh, you know, the entire law school experience, which probably again, when we dig into the podcast, you know, you'll get to understand. Yeah. <laughs> I think with the law school experience, I had Barry here narrated as a sportsman. I know that experience would not give you the chance. Yeah, definitely. To... Mm to exercise your sportsmanship yeah sure but before we even go there why basketball um, for those listening let me first describe who victor is victor is a very tall wild shoulder strong man now if you meet him on the basketball court he's the guy you don't want to be when you're not his side why basketball what what brings you into the game 
basketball is one of those rare sports that um that teach humility okay um it's rare to find a small sized basketball player uh, just like it is rare to find a very small sized rugby player yeah it's a very physical game a very physical game mm. i should say and um you know when you're on the court and you have all this contact between you and your fellow players uh, both on your team and on the opposite team of course tensions come up uh, so basketball is one of those games that teaches humility emotional conscience uh, emotional control and in the end you find actually that you are just a team of one family i should say yeah. whether you're on this side or the other side uh, so whereas uh, outside when you're walking on the street everyone says okay yeah that guy is actually big when you're in the basketball coach it's almost the same thing uh you know you're physical enough and in the end it's, it's just a game it's mm. just a game sort of so besides the experience that you know you're dunking on people you're posting on people for those of watched basketball you could you could probably see a clip or turn you see what i actually mean by some of these things you know in the end it teaches that sort of self-respect self-control emotional control humility and all these things that that's why i chose basketball particularly i i uh, i don't think you were conscious of all those when you chose i want to know like as i don't know when you get in but what brought you to basketball well uh i, I attended the school called centenary school de chito in masaka and this is a school where probably you live in ask yourself whether we actually even do sports but when i was in senior two uh, there was some tall young man called uh, sanatong uh that's and at the time uh, sprite used to have some good players who used to visit schools and play with uh, school teams and, and so on. and that is when i looked at the entire thing and said okay yeah this is quite amazing um quite physical sweaty big guys tall guys but they are calm in the way they do things and trust me uh even then when i was in senior two when you'd meet a basketballer you know like a giant baby <laughs> giant baby of sorts yeah like um, respectful yeah you know, yeah it was quite amazing mm. yeah that's that's the, the story of story i joined i used to play football and uh, that's another story probably mm. for another day <laughs> and uh people would not want to have you on the opposite team uh, definitely i i play as a, a center okay uh, that is my position deep under the deep under the the rim that, that's my playing zone okay it's it is very physical there for the old gamers actually under there are no rules so elbows are there kicks mm. are there yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all that stuff okay <sighs> so victor i want us to switch straight to uh, why i thought our audience should listen in from your perspective you've done quite the journey with law school now you're at ldc a quick run through your professional career how do you arrive in law school how was the experience how is ldc well uh yes i i did a pre-entry like everyone did uh, i came to law school i was quite an excited young man very enthusiastic and um i i thought law was the was the course that was to change this entire world because as a lawyer you literally you know your feelings people's feelings people's ambitions people's desires are malleable in your hands you can treat them this way that way depending so it was quite an exciting i, I thought it would be a very good experience and um yeah so i joined law school we we did study the law uh, which was uh to i don't know i think it is times have passed <laughs> the law we studied uh for the in, in, in I, I like the fact that you even lacked words at that point yes here are some of the cases that uh we do case studies okay yeah, yeah. but you you you'd find a case uh i'll give you the, there's a case called donald versus stevenson it's in the in the 19s eh? mm-hmm. uh the case is kalil versus carbolic smoke ball company in the 19s i mean advertisements at that time because that case was about advertising yeah advertisements have since changed well the principles could be the same but it's not the same era mm. okay so here we are in law school and we are still stuck in the past really and um 
that, that, that is where now, when I, when I start doing a course unit called Banking and Finance, a Banking and Negotiable Instruments, that is when I learn actually things are even worse than I thought. <laughs> because this is a, this is a, we are in, a, in an era where we have companies like Wave on the market. Yeah. Uh, mobile money is in place at the moment. Um, Swift has changed the banking system. But surprisingly, we still study checks. How do you draw a check, which is supposed to arrive in 48 hours, 72 hours? I, I don't know. I think I even failed part of some of those things because the, the zeal wasn't there. Yeah. I actually thought we'd do things like crypto. I thought we'd do things that were the blockchain in, in finance. I thought we'd do mobile money. I don't see why you should be teaching me how to open up a bank account. And in, in bank and finance, a customer is someone who has a bank account with a certain bank. But they don't teach us that a customer is probably someone who has a mobile, mobile money, money account. account because a mobile money account actually passes through a bank if you look at the entire structure and the system. Yeah. So it's too it's still too way back in the past. Uh I did like it and that is when I decided to explore more on my own. And um uh, at the time I was uh, an editor with the McKinley Law Journal and I called the friend of mine and asked him, Okay, look here, we need to write. Yeah. We need to write. We we cannot survive on the knowledge of law school that law school is giving us. This is this is too much in the it's for our fathers. We need to do something that is real, that is current. So we had three options. Um, one was uh, blockchain, yeah. crypto. Uh, the next was cybersecurity, uh, the loan privacy. Yeah. And the other was on AI and the Internet of Things. Very all all very interesting topics. Very interesting topics. New things on the market, which most lawyers don't even understand. Yeah. Okay. And probably most law students don't e- won't even listen to you speak to them about those things because they're quite they're quite complex, and lawyers are law, you know law students are still I mean they're still fixed up in their books reading probably some old law or something. They so, need they need to pass. Yeah, they need to, definitely yeah. definitely you want to pass, but at the same time you want to expose yourself to the current trends. Those are the few lawyers I was talking to you about before we got onto the podcast. I'm like, there are people who go to law school to go through law school. And yeah. there are people who go to law school to actually learn. So yeah. when uh, a breed of lawyers like you, Barry, Joshua, and, and some others that I know, there's Angela, there's, the, the thing is we are at law school, but what exactly are we learning? Thank you. Actually, that's when you ask most law, most law students at the moment, they'll not tell you what what they are studying at law school. Well, like I said, you come excited, enthusiastic. Yeah. You finally made it to law school. Yeah. But when the stuff they teach you, it's not it's not the the things that is, that, that are going to help you at at the moment. They are out of touch with society. Okay. Um, when you when you go to the library, you'll find people reading uh books that were written probably twenty uh five or six years ago um when you when you find someone reading finance and you teach uh, just a case in point in my class alone about three people who did who did in my banking and negotiable instruments about only three people understood what money is yeah just a, a small concept like money so how do you get to understand finance if you can't understand what money is okay but we were being taught by people who uh, who are in the old framework Okay, people who still uh, support the, the, the IMF old way of doing things. Yeah. I, I don't know how to say this. The 90s people, those people who dealt with Greenland Bank as it was coming up and the way it fell, those are the principles that they teach, which we are going to later see that actually they are different at the moment. If, yeah. you, if you look at um, how uh, when they tell you this bank is about to go bankrupt, the things they tell you are a problem. They're quite different. They're not the same as the things that just happened in the 90s or so 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 really uh, law school is it was nice i had an experience there uh, contrary to what most people actually do i have friends of mine who went to law school they have good grades yeah but when you ask them now what they'll tell you probably i'll get attached to a law firm and 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 write cases but here's me as a lawyer when i came to law school i wanted to have an experience that was both legal in nature but then that is within society at the moment. Okay, so I I, I did I did quite my own exploration and uh, did some bit of work on crypto blockchain. I, I I did some research on AI and the Internet of Things, so I didn't write formally on it. 
um, data privacy and cybersecurity, that's a new thing and probably the laws on the markets can is it, expand Is it this. so new? I, I don't think cybersecurity is new. We just, we are catching up slowly. Because um, if you look at Silicon Valley and the way they explored the, the tech bubble, some of the, the, the issues were about privacy. You look at mm -hmm. the hearings of Facebook in, uh, in, in, the, in the U.S. Senate yeah. when, when they were interviewing Mark Zuckerberg. You look at um, the back and forth that goes on in Twitter yeah. policies. What mm -hmm. So cybersecurity is really being explored by more technology-centric countries. I feel like Uganda is catching up. Kenya has. They have a lot of discussions around that. And... Now to the solutions part, I would love for you to guide us. If there's any lawyer who will listen to this, I'm sure they will. Where are the problems to solve? I know you can't solve all of them, but most probably you have a vague solution towards it. Let's start from the problem of law school. What do we update to? What do you feel should be taught? Let's, let's speak directly to, I'm told the principal, um. but let's talk directly into Let's shift from here, let's go here. Let's shift from here, let's go here. Because okay. these things are done by us. Uh, first, before we get into what I think is the problem and what I think should be solved, you should remember that uh, lawyers, oh, it's a profession. Okay? Every profession has its own code. Every profession has its own way of doing things. Yes. Okay? And the legal profession is quite, I should say, static. It doesn't shift. Um, you will, if I can say, if you, if they want to introduce a topic, if you want to introduce a course unit, for instance, that is called cyber security. Yeah. Okay. They love to, at law school, they love to first write to probably the principal, whoever you want to introduce that course unit. Then they go to the board of law school. Then they write to national council of higher education. Then they go to the law council. Then the law council advises on whether, on whether the topic is relevant or not. And then they come back down. So it is about 10 years before you actually get to introduce a new concept um when there were you there's some new new uh questions at law school things like health and the law yeah uh which was brought by uh, professor twinom yeah if you speak to him he'll tell you how long it takes for instance to to get something new on 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 because health and the law used to be much more in negligence of doctors under yeah. the law of thought yeah, yeah, until yeah. he him and his fellow uh, professors uh, tried to to bring it out of that entire negligence uh, and then try to establish it as its own. Things like cybersecurity, um, there's a question called computer and the law, which I find quite vague and I did it, mm. but honestly it should have been cyber law because the content is cyber law, but yeah. then the name is computer. So you, and, and that can speak to, probably they were not willing to bring something called cyber law but they were willing to say computer and law because one sounds more modest than the other. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so we need to understand that it comes from that bit. But then what do we need to change? Lawyers, the process first, from what you have said, the process of, so, of getting a new course unit. Yeah, that, that is quite that is quite hard. Yeah. I, I cannot probably I cannot even speak to it, but at least this I understand. Okay. That uh first we need to we need to get the new breed of lawyers to actually be teaching some of these things now you may not have victor Tamgawumwe as a professor because that is to earn that is quite a long journey probably yeah. a lifetime's journey yeah. i do not know although you also don't intend to become one <laughs> but um but we can actually have people who are a person like mr churunda okay those are the kinds of lawyers that should be teaching some of these things okay um you'll be shocked that when you when you go to law school you'll find people who are teaching some of these topics, uh, let's say, uh, I'll give an example of uh, Professor Bachiwinga, for instance, uh, who, who once said that the only person who can edit his paper is not in Uganda. Because he was teaching taxation, and he, you know, to him he has reached the epitome of what? Of things. Um, professor Tarinyab, a very good uh, professor, um, but I think her nature of teaching banking is more of the IMF uh, capitalist uh, thing that was brought by the Tevilles in the 90s when they were doing the the 
structured adjustment programs and when they're trying to revamp the economy. So she's not, I don't think she's quite uh, open-minded. She could be, personally, but not in her work and not in her profession. And you can see it. When so you the work could be even limited by the system. Yes, exactly. That's that's the thing I'm speaking to. She may be willing mm-hmm. as a person because we, we, we sat in the banking law classes and, and I was waiting for when are they going to talk about crypto? When are they going to talk about it? And, and it never came up. Not even crypto. If if at law school you don't explore mobile money as a form of banking, because mm, to me, because to me, mobile money is, is the true definition of African banking. Uh, thank you. Uh, when when uh, when we did, uh, I was going to I wanted to do a, a small paper on mobile money, and there's this young lady. She's I tend to forget her name. I could share her thesis. She did it in South Africa, right after here, and she did mobile money, and she ex- she looked. She did an analysis, a comparative analysis between Uganda and Kenya. Yeah. And analysis ends up telling you, we are more comfortable with mobile money than we are entering a bank. Yes, definitely. I, I, and I don't know why that is not powerful to most people, but people are. Uh, I see banks pop up everywhere. If you go to Kenya, and you see how those guys pay with M-Pesa, mm-hmm. they no longer use cash. It's a whole system that if it is not being taught to who it's relevant to and now a person from south africa is doing a comparative study yeah. between these two countries then it shows you that we, we i think we need to get ourselves out of the system of um of not checking in on what we have done i don't know how to phrase it right but for example the the fact that a professor feels they either edit or the person who edits is wherever they are. We should get to a point where we don't edit because we know. We edit because it has come. Like there should be a system of editing. It should be every after three, four years, we assume this course unit has changed. Because even banking has changed. Banks are Definitely. starting to apply blockchain. Definitely. Mm. Banking ba- Banks are starting to... I think the structures of banks that were initially from the... Uh, other continents are not the same as the ones from here. Yeah, there are very many differences that are to be told in in detail when it comes to something that is homemade and something that is imported. So, I agree with you when you talk about the need to and, and the need to have a system that edits. That's 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 a very important. Thing. Yeah, because you see, in 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 the end, um, I, I understand most people say that. Uh, legislators who are usually lawyers mostly or who advise on legislation and lawyers in nature uh, tend to fall behind technology. Now, lawyers in nature are not disruptive. I cannot lie to you that me, Victor, I'll sit down and come up with the next uh, derivative probably in, in the Capital Markets Authority, yeah. uh, rather in, in the Uganda Securities Exchange and mm-hmm. sell it. Okay, That's the work of probably an economist or a computer geek or uh, you know, you mentioned Silicon Valley. Um, those that is the those are entrepreneurs. Those yeah. are people who are disruptive in nature. Yeah. They see a problem, they, they solve it. it. Okay. So for us, we now come into lawyers. Usually, want to come in to clean the mess. Okay. So for instance, um, uh, you know, you you have uh, someone comes up with a product on the market, and and they sell it. Uh, but then in the middle, they are probably uh, I can, I don't. Let me use just an example of um of um uh, you know the the terra uh, products yeah. in, in in by Duoko and I think it's called Duoko yeah. you know uh he has something that is really nice interesting you know you're pegging a dollar stability you're solving a problem that is with medium of exchange yeah. it is not too volatile it's a bit stable and all yeah, these yeah, things yeah. and then when it falls down now everyone is saying where are lawyers you know how could this happen why are the where are the regulators where are people who are supposed to be looking into this thing FTX recently everyone is asking how could a 30-year-old person or and these young guys come yeah. up to control about $10 billion on the market? Really? Capitalization that much? Yeah. Where are the regulators? Where are people supposed to overdo the foresight? And, but you see, these are people who sit in their garages and uh, they come up with stuff. They are solving issues and they don't want to look at the legal risk because by the time you come to me to a lawyer and you're telling me you have a new product you want to experiment, probably I'm going to overcharge you which is a problem that startups have oh, these yes. days. Yeah. And oh, no, all days. 
all day. Like, there's no startup. Usually, if if it's a startup and it's uh, paying a lawyer, it has been under an incubation center. But definitely, and they, they have quite some uh, some funds exactly. coming in. Yeah. Otherwise, you cannot come to a lawyer and you're telling them I have this, and then so lawyers in nature they want to know how to come and clean up the mess, which I find is a problem. Yeah, because uh, in the end, if it's about me making money as a lawyer, uh, for instance. I'll clean up a problem once and that's gone. That's not making money. But you see, the world changes uh, constantly. If a product, if a product, let's say, is on the market and they, they, they keep on restructuring, restructuring, they're definitely going to need the, a lawyer's brain, for yeah. instance. And when they're doing that, this lawyer is making their money. Okay? If it's about making money, if it's not about other things. Yeah. Yeah, if it's about making money. So why should we come in later? Why should we... Uh, and that is why I think the new lawyers uh, who are coming up and the kids at law school at the moment, we should be people who sit at the table when these things are happening, when not people who come, it. not people who come later. Okay. So for, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, right now, there's a conversation going on on uh, who bears the liability uh, when a product fails in the, you know, in the crypto, in the blockchain uh, communities. Is it the the developer who bears? The liability so so for us now we're asking ourselves that question yeah. when these things have been there when we've seen problems happening okay and it's same questions that they're asking in ai artificial intelligence uh this is a learning machine it has learned probably it has evolved it has gained consciousness which is happening yeah so who bears the liability when something goes wrong is it the person that developed it is it the machine itself can you sew a machine you know things like that now we need we need actually lawyers to come in right at the start because we are being left behind and this is the thing i keep on telling my friends mm. we are being left behind the the traditional lawyer the traditional law student may not have a space in 20 years i think 20 years is is even far yeah. they, they don't want to have a space because uh i saw someone uh post something that this is this is a plate. A plate is something you file when you're going to go to, to institute a, a proceeding. Uh, so there was a plate that was made by a, an AI and it was right on point. Uh, and trust me, some this is students can't draft these things. So now... <laughs> <laughs> so, so I should look into AI. So, so for you, if you're, some, if you're this traditional lawyer who wants to draft a plate and they give you money and you draft an agreement and they give you money, you may not have a space in the next. I think open AI can do that right now. Exactly. But you, you can actually have a stake in if, you, if you're open to, if you're curious enough to consume as much knowledge as you can away from law school. Yeah. You will have most yeah. definitely. Because this is how I, I don't know, this is how I entered uh, the blockchain community. Like I told you, we sat down, a friend of mine and I, and we decided one of these three we're going to write about. We decided to write about um, uh, cryptocurrencies and state sovereignty uh, with the idea that uh, cryptocurrencies are disrupting the finance uh, system. The finance system, uh, in order for you to be a sovereign state in this modern era, it's no longer about you control a certain space with people as citizens. No, it's about your monetary policy. Can you control your monetary policy? How much is going in? How much is going out? Okay, how much inflation are you likely to face? How much? Now that's when you can actually call yourself a sovereign state. Otherwise, you're falling down and some countries are facing these problems. But even now, as you go to law school, they don't teach monetary policies in international law. They still teach the old, this is how you become a state. This is how you acquire territory. This is how you... Again, they don't teach some of these basic, basic things. Uh, I'll give you an example of why I think monetary policies are the need to be sovereign. Ukraine uh, Bank just lost a case recently in the, in, in the UK. Okay? They sued DFCU in the UK because DFCU is incorporated in the UK. Uh, it, in the entire receivership process, how you uh, um, DFCU came to uh, receive the property of Crane Bank and yeah, probably yeah. mishandled and all. Uh, the ruling was a, a bit, a 300-page document, and they were basically telling Sudil and, and, and his fellows that, look here, the, the, this entire thing started because Bank of Uganda decided to put your bank in receivership. Okay? Yeah. Bank of Uganda is an arm of the state. Yeah. There's no way a court in the UK can rule Against. on issues that, are, that seems to be sovereign to that country. So they chased him. Wow. Okay? Mm. So the, the idea that actually when you control your money, when you control how your finances work, that is what makes you sovereign. Not, not controlling a certain territory, 
not controlling a certain group of people who call themselves citizens of that country. But they don't teach that in international law at the moment. Okay. It's, it's, it's quite, this entire, I don't know, I think law school causing its need to be refurbished. They may not do an overhaul, mm. but they can get those questions and improve them to, to accept that new realities are setting up. Let me ask you a question from uh, a simple question. When should the earliest reference be? Should be yesterday. No, I mean like the, the, like the, the most... Like where should we stop and say, no, this one is no longer relevant? Let's not use this example. Mm. Give think, me a period. I think by the year 2000, mm. we should have changed what is being taught. By the year 2000. Okay. The time the mobile phone started coming into yeah. this country, yeah. they should have changed most of these things. So you think the earliest should be worst case 1980? Definitely, I think. Because we're still learning stuff of... Um, and, and as for LDC, you asked me about the LDC experience. The LDC, LDC, you are literally being... You're nurtured to be that lawyer. That... <laughs> that... <laughs> uh, you know this kind of guy who stands in front of a judge and says, My Lord, yeah, I'm representing this person. And we have a matter before you. It has come up for hearing. That's LDC. Okay, they are teaching you how to be humble before a judge, how to represent your client and get the best judgment you can get. So ideally, they presume that there is already a dispute, which is another problem because lawyers are not supposed to be called when there are disputes. Lawyers are supposed to be called to preempt disputes. You get it? That's a very, very nice yes. one. Don't wait when, when trouble has come. For you to now call a lawyer to go and represent you and and uh, when you when you speak like that then i see how many people are centered and their minds very very uh, i would say screwed to go into ldc and i realize shit, all these guys want to solve disputes so as long as the lawyer continues to go to ldc to look for dispute solving characteristics yes then we'll still have disputes because they will not be prevented from the start yes exactly because uh he's he's an example um if if you have to uh if, if you have if you have a client for instance who says they want to which i've, I've had very many clients that i've advised on yeah um so if, if a friend of mine comes and they tell me okay uh victor look here i i have i want to start making wine yeah. Okay. The best advice I'll give to this person is not a legal advice. It's economics. It makes economic sense. It doesn't make legal sense. Okay. Look at your competitors on the market. What is different from your product? Yeah. Okay. That is that is the best. In, in actually, when she finds something different, or when he finds something different from what is on the market, that person is going to get a part of the market, and they're going to be well and good. If they don't try to look at that, they might be sued for a lot of intellectual property rights related issues. You know, your wine tastes the same, your label looks like mine, this and this and this and this. Okay. But when you call a lawyer and you're telling them, okay, yes, I have this idea. Yeah. They, they, we are going to try to uh, minimize what we call legal risk. You, you're going to do business, yeah. but we shall minimize for you legal the legal risk. risk. We don't want, me as a person as Victor, I wouldn't want to have a client who first gets the risk happening, then they call me to clean up the mess. It is even harder. You won't sleep. Most lawyers in, in, in Kampala don't sleep. They spend, <laughs> they spend, the, they spend their nights trying to, to see how do they solve this issue that has come up. Yet it, yet it was a preventable uh, problem, which is, which is why the law in the West, the law firms in, on, on Wall Street and in New York, rather in New York and all these Chicago, Boston, and whatever. Yeah. These law firms, they don't deal with disputes. Um, you know, they, you don't go to them when disputes have come up. Okay, these are lawyers who are put on retainer. Someone tells you, "I have, I have, I have an idea. I want to build up a company." Okay, 
this person is going to go off with you right away from registration you go public you even when you're going to go bankrupt he's with you okay so if that person is with you right from the start they understand your business. they understand your business they understand what your product is they understand what your market is they understand what your business model is probably they, they even took part in, in in structuring it yeah okay if that if your company fails at that moment it's not because your lawyer wasn't good it's probably because nothing could be done because this person has been right with you from the start but here in uganda um people will come and you you'll find uh someone someone comes and tells you okay i'm an victor um i have a business but uh, i want to understand what the tax regime will be and then now i have to advise on what taxes are in uganda how much you're going to be paying and how much this is it but uh, uh, you've not given me an an idea of what your business is so i'll give you a blanket a blanket opinion yeah on what tax is a blanket opinion on what legal risk you're going to face but if i'm if i'm exposed to your business okay the opinion i'm going to give you is structured according to to the, your business i understand that so and that is why now the lawyers uh the the, the real law as they're teaching it becomes now a problem because um the, the way they're teaching it it's and especially ldc it doesn't support some of these other i'll give you an example ldc they don't teach alternative district dispute resolution that's when you go to the school of arbitration somewhere they teach you how to be before a judge so literally they're telling you hell has come solve it yeah but i don't know where it came from so i'm going to spend um i'm going to if if, if you looked at uh let's just use ftx when ftx uh, declared bankruptcy about 140 companies went down with it people yeah. in west africa companies in west africa were laying off workers uganda cheaper. even in uganda cheaper i think lost a bit of funding yeah okay so when one company is going down you have labor issues coming up because people are laying off workers without notice if a company goes down overnight yeah. i can't give notice to my workers to lay them off in a in, in a month yeah. okay they're going definitely go away at the moment so the legal risk that comes with just one single bankruptcy is a global thing which wasn't the thing in the day in the old days in the old days in england when the law when this common law thing was starting you you just have probably a, a company which is local and domestic if there are any risks that are coming up they're just here in kampala yeah but today a company goes down asia people are crying um usa people are crying because of just one single company so i think we should not be looking now so uh ftx goes bankrupt now people are suing each other now where do they go do they go to the usa so they're going to start looking for where the jurisdiction is so you find that people suing ftx in 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 the us some are suing in nigeria some are suing in bahamas some are suing so it becomes whole weird thing so why don't you now teach things like alternative dispute resolution let's not go to court let us sit down yes um if we can't get funding we are going bankrupt so which players on the market okay how can we get some of the solutions um a lawyer is more likely to connect you to a, a very soft loan from a bank yeah. than you are going to get it because probably has a lawyer has a, a, a client which is a bank yeah and they also have you as a client which is a business it's very easy for him to sit between you and them and you trust him that actually this business is going to survive and this loan is going to be paid but without such a connection without some of these things then it won't be possible you'll pass through the entire historic puzzle between yes i'm going to get a, a loan funding whatever <laughs> collateral collateral people law students these days don't even we didn't study things like equity financing so how do you come to me to solve your financing problem how do you how do you tell so i have a friend of mine who runs an online um shop and we were just you know we're in the pitching process pitching mm. to venture capitalists and <laughs> and now the problem is so victor didn't study equity equity financing yeah. and venture capitalists capitalism at law school probably there was no time okay but we didn't my class did mm. and now here i am next to a very young man enthusiastic he has created a very good platform and he's supposed to be pitching his idea the venture capitalist so fine yes they tell him you're going to get you five hundred thousand dollars okay yeah here are the terms of the contract you can't interpret them exactly that's like 80 percent because people don't lost students don't go out to fish new knowledge what they have is what they have which is a problem wow i i'm very sure whoever is listening understands why i had to bring victor on now 
Victor, we are we are we have highlighted quite the interesting parts. I want to bring you to a point where we even outline solution. Solution number one, we need to restructure, right? Yes, we need the restructure. The law school. We we don't need an overhaul. We can edit. Yes. From your from your view. Solution number two, a lawyer should be able to fend for themselves. Not not. <laughs> Sorry to any lawyer who thought would help them. <laughs> a lawyer should be able to fend for themselves in the current system. Yes. I have a question. A lawyer who has already messed up. It's not messing up. Okay, who has already gone through the system and their mind yes. has been structured. They have been centered on dispute resolution. Mm. Where do they start from? Um, let me just use an analogy. Yeah. I hope it actually makes sense. Uh, when the mo- when the vehicle was when the vehicle was first made, the earliest vehicles, yeah. uh, the legislators and the people who are in the system, of course, the rich people, yeah. owned horse carriages and uh, horseshoe making companies and all these things. Yeah, no one wanted that vehicle. <laughs> True. Everyone looked at it and like, okay, fine, this thing is going to kick us out of the market. Not so. Yeah, but now we have the vehicle. And you rarely see a horse on the streets. So, um, my thing is, every lawyer will agree with me or every law student will agree with me that no one can teach you the law as it is. That's the first thing. They can also agree with me when I tell, when I say that to be the best lawyer there is, you need to consume as much knowledge as you can. Okay. And you must be flexible. A good lawyer is one who is flexible. If if you if you think you're if you think you've reached a turning point where okay, I have friends of mine who are in law firms and all they do is just sit on a desk, draft legal opinions. Yeah. Okay. There's a friend of mine who we used to do this show thing together and, and he was telling me for him he's flexible because he gets to do his shows on TV, he gets to go and speak on radio, he gets to reach out to clients to customers to give them solutions yeah and it is as young as as a native when you go in the system the people who are my, who are my age we don't when you're in a law firm you you, you don't get access to clients how when senior partners are there and, and <laughs> you don't you sit down on a table and draft, and legal draft opinion, legal opinions and, put it in the office yes. the senior partner takes it out exactly so you're likely going to be in that system for 10 years then after 10 years that's when you can say okay i've some bit of money let me pay for a license to open up my small chambers how much is a license that i cannot speak to how much it is but by the time someone opens up chambers okay and this will also speak to let's look at the context they're about they're about three thousand registered law firms i think mm. with about five thousand about forty five thousand lawyers in this country yeah there are some buildings you go to in Kampala and you'll find one room law firms. One room law firms. Mm. Shared team. space. Shared space. No, not even. Just just one room. Just one room. And this person, when he locks the door and he's in court, the chambers are closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is it. But when you go to our neighbors in Kenya and South Africa, you'll find a law firm which which has about five hundred lawyers. Do we have a law firm like that here that uh, has 500 lawyers? No, I don't think. The only, the only law firms we have that are big, that are domestic big, mm. have about 42 lawyers. That is actually big in this country. So now what now what we are facing is you find those lawyers which are out there, outside there that have, that are that big, let's say 800 or rather, let's say 500 lawyers. Yeah. When they get, of course, they're going to get business in Uganda. Yeah. When they get business, they'll come and get a, a, a law, a domestic law firm. They partner with it. Because you cannot practice law in this country unless you 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 native yeah. here. Yeah. Rather, you you studied from here, and there's an entire system of how you become a lawyer in this country. So you have now to partner with those guys. For you, they can't appear in court, but you can appear in court. Yeah. Okay. But here's where the funny thing comes in. Now those lawyers are not interested in court. They are interested in so there's this entire issue where you find uh, Ugandan lawyers complaining that Kenyan lawyers are taking over the market in Uganda. Yeah. Why? Because Kenyan lawyers are open to alternative dispute resolution. Okay. So they can easily get solutions for their clients without necessarily going to court. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is which anyone can do. 
you your PC cannot deny you to get clients in Uganda. It only denies you appearance before a judge. Now, lawyers are taking this entire... So you find those big law firms outside there, they come in Uganda and take the market. Mm. Because for us here in Uganda, we've not opened up our eyes to the new trends, how things move. Okay? So you, you'll not... Um, the story of Chipakash is quite an interesting one. Yeah. Apparently it has roots here in Uganda. It does. But where is it? Where is it's, it incorporated? Uh, it's incorporated where? Where did it get its funding? Yeah. It's way outside that side. So a kid here in Uganda will have an idea, will zero it, you know, zero down on it. They look at it. But the best their best lawyer is not in Uganda. Their best lawyer is probably in, in New York or their best lawyer is in, in South Africa or Kenya or whatever. Because the lawyers on the market at the moment are only interested in how do I appear before a judge. And it's basically how we are taught. I'm pursuing my postgraduate back course right now. And that is how we are taught. We are taught to be good advocates. Good advocates. Yeah. Victor, as we as we wrap up our discussion, yes. I would love to bring you to the topic that I personally like and you've done work on it. Blockchain. Why do you think any lawyer out there should pick up a paper google something and look at blockchain you and me will agree that blockchain is like it's like the internet in 1995 yeah it's like the telegraph in 1950 it's it's the thing that gets the system like this and just flips it over not improve it it just flips it over mm. okay of course with better things yeah. otherwise we would not be talking about it right now exactly <laughs> So, let, wait, let me, let me from what you have this. just said, I, I've actually never thought of it in that way. Blockchain flips. It, it does not build on top of something. Yes. It's it's a ground, it's a foundational technology. It's it's right from the ground. Okay? Yeah. Here's, here's, here's why I say it flips the entire system. Okay? Blockchain brings what you call decentralization of yeah. every single thing. In the world we are living in is centralized. There is a controlling agent someone somewhere. There is even a company. There is where power is centered. Yeah. Right at the top there. That's right. that's where it is. Now the blockchain says bring everything now. If the triangle was having one one corner on the top, it now flips it and now Has it's like the, now the two corners are at the top. <laughs> that's what blockchain does. Yeah. Right from <clears throat> right from money to uh, uh, decision making, decision -making. governance. Look, look at look at uh, some people don't. Some people when they talk about blockchain, they think it's only about finance. But look at uh, things like uh, decentralized autonomous organizations. Yeah, yeah, they are yeah. going to flip the entire corporate governance principle or principles that we do in company law. Okay, because with DAOs rather DAOs DAOs, mm. we are not looking at uh, we the way we the way they are structured. We are not structuring looking at a, a managing director somewhere and then. You know this entire structure. There's one guy here, yeah, assisted by two guys, guys there, yeah, and then there are three, three guys, guys here. Yeah, yeah. No, it it flips it like this. When we are looking at um, uh, the blockchain, secondly brings what we call it, it's uh, to my to my understanding, and everyone will agree with me who has who has looked at it. It has the best accounting system. Yeah, I actually feel like I want to look for an accountant. I don't know what they are up to, but. They're going to face a very big problem. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, the, the, the blockchain, the way you look at it is, uh, it's not just, when I started looking at it, it seemed like it was just about money. People all people are talking about blockchain and how you make money on the blockchain. But yeah. I was, they, there's there's an event that was organized by uh, Skill Haven. I think you you know, yeah, uh, yeah, Dix. Yeah. Uh, so I met this, this young uh, man called Justice. Mm. And, and he was telling me that there's an entire company <laughs> that deals with publishment and writing on the blockchain. Can you imagine that? And, and they were telling me, you, you don't need, in Uganda's context, you don't need a restock anymore. You don't need to bench <laughs> for a publisher to yeah. put your book somewhere. Or to, no, you don't need that anymore. You don't need to bench for some hotshot editor to edit your work. We decentralize the entire thing. Then thirdly, and this is where lawyers need to pay attention. 
the entire the entire concept of smart contracts yeah lawyers are going to be let me tell you this world is transactional yeah true it is a series of agreements a series of contracts mm. if something is going to be it's, it's going to if a lawyer is going to lose relevance it's on the issue of smart contracts because between me and you you don't you don't need me to read through the paperwork of of uh, that is there are some contracts which will have about 40 40 uh, let me just use this example okay one transaction to ship in goods from from china to uganda yeah we'll have about 10 contracts mm. you'll have a contract boarding a freight a flight to to china you'll have one contract with the person going to sell you the goods you'll have a contract with the ship with um with the shipping line that is going to deliver yeah, the clearance what? the clearance you'll have a contract with insuring those goods you have a contract another contract to now get them off the off the port uh, you know docking and getting them off then you have another one to logistics to bring them on trailers to uganda again you have to insure those very goods because you cannot use the same insurance on the ship as the insurance on the <laughs> on the ground so you have about 10 or 20 contracts mm. it's transaction on one transaction just just yeah. one transaction but when you can write one smart contract with various codes in it to solve all these contracts problems so instead of telling your lawyer, and this way lawyers are going to face a lot of issues. Instead of one, instead of a lawyer if, um, interpreting and evaluating twenty contracts, you may be lucky if you interpret one. If it's a smart contract, there's 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 something about smart contracts that is so disruptive to the extent that if there's a framework, you might not need a lawyer. Exactly, and that and that's what I'm saying. You may be if there's one smart contract, you may be lucky if you interpreted it. <laughs> so they have taken all the 10 yeah even this one you are lucky <laughs> because they, they ideally people who move things know what they do they know what mm, is necessary mm, yeah so if it is in a smart contract and i mean all you see the, the funny thing with the funny thing with contracts is we have what we call freedom of contract and this is where some people who subscribe to capitalism like me yeah will tell you i i like freedom of contract you know why because it gives everyone the power to decide on what they want okay so we only start having issues if one person thought they wanted something and now they have changed their mind that's when now you have breach of that contract okay okay mm. but if we have a and, and now you call a lawyer to show you the risks or to solve the things like specific performance you're telling this person man you had agreed to do this and this and this why aren't you doing it okay you're breaching this contract yeah so but you see in smart contracts if money is supposed to leave this account because this person has performed their obligation if they don't that money won't leave you get it i understand so we we go back to what we call rescission in law yeah we go back to our original positions so it's and yet here in the current world we cannot go back we cannot rescind yeah. because even when we rescind we need a court order to show that this contract was duly breached and that this contract is now rescinded back to our original positions and and, uh, and lawyers will tell you of course when you get the benefits from a rescinded contract like when it goes back to its original position then you pay back but I with would, but with smart contracts you don't get to that point nothing happens yeah nothing love, happens i would love to beg anyone who is listening to just play back these few words that you have just said that is a lot of court cases off the table off the table that is a lot of payment for lawyers off the table that is a, <laughs> that, that, that is a lot of weeks mm, of mm. time wastage in court yeah. off the table off the table now for a small for a small easy to understand topic like blockchain any lawyer any person who is not a lawyer but is interested in transactional means using uh, the next generation technology should look at blockchain as we wrap up cancel yes please. thank you for making time what is uh i've i've, I've noticed two three things about uh, our discussion one you were speaking to a lawyer but you were also speaking to an innovator what would you love for those two to take away a lawyer and the innovator the person who is solving a problem and needs uh, legal service for the lawyers um for the lawyers out there and the law students and upcoming those want to go to law school have the hunger to consume as much knowledge as you can 
the lawyers at the core of a lawyer's a lawyer's being is problem solving and you can never solve a problem unless you know what what the cause or what the effect of that cause could have been if that problem did not arise because if i'm solving your problem i'm showing you it was supposed to be like this it's not like this but how do we get out of this yeah okay and uh, and uh, disputes arise from all sorts of things from medicine from technology from finance and whatever so consume as much knowledge as you can but then also i would wish lawyers we start a specialization okay mm. being a jack of all trades is quite a thing something to be proud of but it costs efficiency which is now another issue of a lawyer yeah a lawyer is someone who's supposed to get you a a problem solved in the shortest time possible just just a small bit yeah when Lehman brothers was going down the ceo called i think morgan stanley ceo and told them if i don't get 20 billion dollars before the market's open tomorrow at 7 i'm going bankrupt yeah at that moment you don't need a lawyer to go and file a court case for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you need a lawyer who can get you a deal in the night and that person must be able to understand what your problem is your problem is financial you want money your your problem is not you want to go to court and somehow get you get it so yeah. lawyers need to understand that then to 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 you know and, and then also uh, how uh, and then to innovators uh, innovators legislations usually most of the times are inhibitors to innovation, innovation. Yeah. and the thing is the, the thing about it uh, is that we fear the human we Uh, we are always anxious about what we can do we are not open you see on our shoulders that the, the brain we've not yet even this world has not yet reached half what the brain can offer in innovation we've not yet reached there yeah. okay at least we've not yet solved the 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 time portal thing <laughs> yeah if we can solve that one then i, yeah. I can say we've reached 50% and teleportation and teleportation if yeah. we solve that one Because I would like to go and see how my grandfather lived, you know. I mean, why not? And I know we can do it. Yeah. Okay? So, innovators just sit down. The only thing you need to you need to do is just get probably a serious lawyer who can give you some bit of insight on what can be your your legal risk. But otherwise, sit down, do your thing. Uh the good thing about the law is that the law is is, is both-sided. Eh? Mm. So, there can never be a section in any in any act where you get two lawyers and they agree unless <laughs> they want to unless they want to i can't believe that unless they want to no we 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 be here at, at ldc and you see people taking on pas and and they are quite interesting conversations these are people who are practicing and then you just have upcoming lawyers and it's just a section okay and they take on each other and it's quite a very good interesting conversation yet one is supposed to be professional advising so I'm I'm telling you it is it is quite interesting Because which I like. Our, so our, our conversation has been very very fruitful. Yeah so be, before before I con- before I finish uh what what I think should be done is that uh uh first our legislators and the people who handle this entire legislation thing and parliament and whatever should be open minded. We need our legal structure to reform and to get adjusted not simply at law school in the teaching but the entire structure need to, needs to be reformed and and then secondly uh lawyers who are out there and they think that uh the times have changed I, i don't think times have changed for a lawyer yes you may lose the contract formulation and uh, things like that to smart uh, smart contracting but there are bigger problems that are coming up yeah obviously with, with the with new technology there are, there are bigger problems so if leave the small things and And go focus, for the big go ones. for the big ones i see yes i i look me personally i barry says that he believes in the global in the global standard yeah i look at myself arguing with a new york lawyer whether it's on zoom or not that's fine uh, let's stop these small small things here and <laughs> yeah victor thank you very much for making time we highly appreciate you we will be glad to host you maybe now next time on a specific topic Uh, we can look at the legal concerns in blockchain and crypto we can hint something about uh, you you said you did something with um, ai and internet of things i would have particular interest for that 
But for today's episode, we really appreciate very great insight that you have given us, and uh, we hope to have you again soon. Uh, thank, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I'm open to things that change. Okay. Okay. Uh, whereas most people want to charge money for some of these things. Yeah. Uh, me, I would like. Uh, I find it um, nice when you just have a conversation about. Yeah. An open conversation about things. It's the insights that are shared are quite amazing mm. and that's the only way we should be moving so a podcast like this one and i'm really really grateful yeah it is something that is great thank you very much sir you're welcome